Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hey there. Before you start listening, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lovercaro, and this is my 2024 forecast, episode one. Hey there again, it's me, Sophia. I know I literally just said that. Um, I am really shit at intros, which you don't necessarily know because I'm also really good at editing. And whenever I put out an interview, I usually cut out the first bit of things that I say and just get right into the interesting part. But right now I'm talking directly to you. So bear with my initial awkwardness. Also, I am recording this on the floor of my dad's closet at my parents' apartment because I am currently visiting them. Yeah, hopefully I won't get any janky microphone noises. I am holding my microphone as stable as I could. It was just really hard to pack a microphone stand in my suitcase. So yeah, hopefully everything sounds up to par and you don't have to deal with too many weird noises on my end. I will do my my utmost. As promised, this episode is the first one looking forward to the new year. You know, this is part of a larger four-episode series, as I said, but we are changing the name halfway through from the 2023 recap to the 2024 forecast because, again, we're now looking forward. This episode is dedicated to the artists that I am keeping an eye on in 2024. There are people that I just think are going to have a, a really big next year and that I just think are really incredible. Um, and I'm so excited to share them with you. Also, as always, this episode comes with an accompanying playlist so you can go and check out all of the artists that I am talking about. You will be able to find that over on my Instagram highlights at Before the Chorus podcast. I think the first artist I am going to talk about is actually the most recent addition to the list. When I discovered them, I'd actually already finished my artist to watch list and they were so good that I added them on anyway. Even like my little perfectionist brain that had made a perfectly rounded up list of exactly 10 people was like, I will add an 11th because they are worth it. But anyway, the first artist that I am choosing is, or the first artist I want to tell you about is called Nourished by Time. Last week, I went to go and see Vagabond, one of my previous guests, play at the Lodge Room in Los Angeles, and Nurse by Time was her opening act. He, at times, sounded like a mix between Boo Boo era Toro y Moi mixed with King Cruel, but then also delved into campier sides of house and techno and larger club music and topped it all off with this 
deliciously wonky droney vocal that just sent everything into this delicious off-kilter space. He put out an album this year called Erotic Probiotic 2, the sequel to the original Erotic Probiotic album from 2022 that he also put out. And in the last couple years, he has been absolutely blowing up. And I think that the years to come are going to be huge for him. He is such a fucking cool act and he is so worth adding to the less last minute. I think up next, I'm actually going to put my second most recent because why not? Another recent gig discovery, shout out to my friend Soraya, whose band is actually also on this list and we will get to her later, but she took me to see an artist called Lauren Kramer at Genghis Cohen and another one I was completely and utterly blown away by. He is such a complete artist, the way that he has such an incredible mystical, sensual presence when he performs. He's fascinating to watch and he's so compelling to listen to. He's definitely got a little bit of a Baroque pop vibe to him at times, very reminiscent of Perfume Genius, who is one of my favorite artists. So of course he was right up my alley. But in some of the lower, grumblier parts of his voice, he reminds me even a little bit of Leonard Cohen or even at times Matt Berninger from The National. So It is such a wild combination and another person that big things are definitely coming for in 2024. Keep an eye out on him. You know what? I think I'm actually going to talk about my friend Soraya's band next because I've already mentioned her. My friend Soraya is in an incredible band called Night Talks. They are anthemic, joyful, fun indie. They have such a vibrant presence on stage. I first heard them opening for a band that I was working for at the time. Um, This was a little over a year ago. And they also reminded me a little bit of a band called Antaros. But what Night Talks really shared was a little bit of the nods to like Blondie and that kind of era of, of rock music, but more so was just their vibrant presence. Like those Antaros shows were some of my favorite to go to back in the day. And to now have another band who, again, just make you want to dance with them, make you want to have such a joyous time is is so fun they are truly just again a joy of a live band to watch if you are in the LA area they are definitely a band that you want to go and see whenever you can they do play relatively often like most of the time at least once a month otherwise just generally keep an eye out I hope to see them touring a lot more very soon because they really should um live I mean they're awesome on record but live is just an extra extra special treat I've ended up, so I have a list in front of me of all the artists I want to talk about, and I'm actually kind of going through them in backwards order, weirdly enough. And I think aptly, the next act that I'm going to want to talk about is Lalum, who also are kind of connected because their drummer often drums for Night Talks. But Lalum are a cumbia band. They are another incredible live band. They'll often play three hour long shows. Like the stamina that these guys have is ridiculous and it is such a fun show to go to one of their songs a cover of Juanita La Cubana has gone very viral on Instagram recently and the guys are also starting to tour more and more they've opened for Beck 
Um, actually, one of the last times that I went to go and see them, Beck was in the audience at this tiny little wine bar in East LA. So they've got some really cool people keeping an eye on them and supporting them as they rightfully should. I think they're going to herald a lot of excitement for the genre of cumbia to a wider audience. And again, they rightfully should because they are so fucking awesome. So again, keep an eye out for them. And if they tour in your city, absolutely go. Up next is my token Montreal band, I should say, because again, I am a, a native to Montreal. And so... I have to tell you about at least one unbelievably cool band that's coming out of my hometown. I think that's just the rules. And the band that I have chosen is Shows Sauvage. I went to see them play at school night in Los Angeles. They are like a more disco-y talking heads meets shame and some of the more like left field punk stuff that's coming out of the UK. Getting to see them live is completely unhinged like they they climb on stuff jump around they're absolute maniacs um with synths maniacs with synths that's what we're gonna call them (laughs) and they're so fun they somehow satisfy the itch normally scratched by parcels and the one that would be scratched by again the uk punk scene at the same time it shouldn't make any sense but it does and it is just a joy to watch them grow Up next is something that's a little bit close in the talking heads realm, but at the same time, very different. It's a band called Garbage Barbie from right in my current resident or current town of residence, Los Angeles. How to explain Garbage Barbie? Again, at times a little bit talking headsy. I was actually talking to one of their members, my friend Fletcher, at a Christmas party the other day, trying to describe what it is I like about them. And all I could think about was just the sound, huh. Like, you know that one song that goes like, war, huh, what is it good for? Like that, they don't sound anything like that song, but there's an energy about it. It's almost like this like primal braggadocio that's a little bit camp. It's high octane, it's forward moving. It's the kind of thing that you want to like headbang to but not like in a a metal way, like in a, again, like a ridiculous shake your head around and be silly with your friends kind of way. They also have some songs that kind of even lean into like dream pop, but they always manage to very intelligently throw a wrench into things. So there's always something weird and always something interesting going on. Up next, we jump over to the UK. Actually, I think the next few we're going to be doing are are all UK-based or UK-originating artists. So how ideal. The next one I want to talk about is Olivia Dean. She's such a fascinating one. She somehow fills the gap that's left behind by people like Amy Winehouse. She has this sort of like rich alt soul vibe to her, but also will bring in some of the like narrative qualities of of folk music, the vulnerability and relatability of pop. She blends everything so beautifully together. She is rightfully getting a lot of eyes on her right now um, because she is absolutely incredible. And her record, her 2023 album, Messy, is definitely on my albums of the year list. I know I talked about my top 10 last episode, but there is a much longer list that I didn't get to touch on because there's so much more than 10 amazing albums that came out this year. And Messy is definitely on the list. This next artist actually only has, I'm going to say 1.5 songs out, which I will explain. 
He has one single out and he also released an alternative version or an alternate version of this same song. So thus 1.5. But it is such an absolute stomper of a song that I have listened to a borderline concerning amount of times this year. This was just like my my banger of choice throughout the month of September. I'm talking about my friend Lucky Kill Martin. He is an incredible Americana artist and again has this like delicious gritty vibe to him. Like he, he's got a lovely rasp to his voice. The song that he wrote is a little bit bitter but at the same time profoundly cathartic and joyful in the way that it manifests. Now, the alternative version, the night version, as it's called, is a much more emotional version with, sh- with a string arrangement, and it is incredibly beautiful, but there is something delicious about a song that kind of lets you shake out some maybe difficult emotions to an absolutely awesome beat. Also, the song is called Greyhound from the concept of, like, a greyhound racing dog like the first line is like a greyhound out of the gate um and I kind of think it's such a perfect name because the way that the song starts you feel like you're racing forward from the beginning of it and it's again such a cool feeling it's why I got hooked as easily as I did like that intro just immediately makes you want to go through the entire song and then go through it again so I am so excited to see what he's got cooking I know he's got some other stuff coming up and again I cannot wait The next artist was actually recently on the podcast, my friend Merrick Winter. Merrick recently released his debut EP, Eve of Disaster, and Merrick definitely hits a a soft spot in in the sounds that I like. I always say, you know, I'm very genre expansive, as you can hopefully tell from everything I've listed so far, but I've always had a special place in my heart for folk and indie folk. I've got two tattoos based on Fleet Fox's lyrics, if if that explains it. Um, his album, I actually described this a little bit on his episode, but he's able to blend the more like organic salt of the earth folk that you get from someone like Paul Simon or even George Harrison with the more expansive experimental sides of folk that you get from people like Bonnie Vare or Big Thief or Andy Schaff or Schoff. And he's able to toe the line between the two really beautifully and make them work together on a cohesive EP. He's also just a really great storyteller and beautiful storytelling in music is one of my favorite things. The second to last one that I want to tell you about is actually an artist that I found on TikTok. Despite being a millennial, I can still do that sometimes. Um, She was like... I don't think she's even someone that had necessarily gone super viral when I found her, but luckily my For You page did did its job. The algorithm worked its magic. She basically described herself as someone who considers Imogen Heap and Caroline Polachek as her North Stars, and those are two of my absolute favorite artists. So the second she said that, I was like, well, this is an easy decision. And impressively enough, she can do the the sort of siren call high notes that Caroline Polachek can do, which is wild and unbelievably impressive. So it very quickly caught my ear to see, you know, a, a newer artist able to do so many cool things with their voice. It has that wonderful left, left field pop that's tinged with 
all kinds of weird electronica to it. Um, and again, it's another soft spot in my my taste. So Madeline was an, a very easy addition to this list. Last but not least is another artist that I have had on the podcast, and that is Curtis Waters. Curtis, a few years, I want to say during the pandemic, went viral for a very cheeky song called Stunning. And it's it's a super fun song, but I think sometimes when that happens, it's easy for artists to get pigeonholed in that genre. And Curtis's 2023 album, Bad Son, was yet another favorite of mine this year, even though I didn't initially add it to the top 10. Like, it's a very extremely close number 11, for sure. I was so... Like, Curtis is in his early 20s, and I was just so unbelievably impressed by the depth of his thought as a person, the breadth of his artistry, and the things that he takes into consideration. You know, like, the album is bright and fresh and sonically very friendly to, I guess, the appeals of Gen Z, but not in a way that you know, is superficial or not in a way that I think infantilizes their generation. I think it speaks to the things that a lot of young people are thinking about, um, like mental health and toxic masculinity. And it's, it sounds really dumb. Like we shouldn't have to remember that people in their early twenties are profoundly intelligent, but as every older generation does, they tend to, you know, again, condescend on, on younger people. And, Again, I'm just so impressed by Curtis's mind. I also feel like interviewing him was one of the interviews that marked me the most this year because it made me consider things that I hadn't in a long time. Mainly the idea of, I forget the exact word I'm looking for. So for lack of a better word, I'm going to use the word or use the idea of using something somewhat controversial to bring attention to larger issue. And by controversial, I do not mean problematic because I do not like to platform things that I feel are problematic. But Curtis in this record created a character that frankly is is made to be a little bit misogynistic. And the reason that I, I still appreciate it is that it's not meant to be actual misogyny. It's supposed to be an example of the worst version of of man, of like, this is what happens when people's egos get too big. So it's not a positive depiction of a person that is misogynistic, but it forces you to kind of lean in and listen because it's uncomfortable and think about like how ugly it is for people to become that way. And so by pushing the right buttons, it actually forces us to further examine the issue. You know, it's not controversy for the sake of, well, controversy for the sake of, of it, of itself, or of being offensive or immature. It's extremely intentional and, like I said, makes us have to lean in closer and listen and examine ourselves as people, um, which I thought was really impressive. And reminds me that when that is done right, it is incredibly powerful. So with that, that is my list of artists that I want you to keep an eye on in 2024. I, they, they all give me so much hope for the future of music. You know, whenever I get into a rut with music discovery, finding artists like this is just my absolute lifeblood. So 
Again, I am so excited to see what they do in the new year. Well, that's it for this episode. I have one more left next week. I'm going to be telling you all about the albums that I am excited for in 2024. So keep an eye out on Instagram for that. Also, there is, as always, an accompanying playlist so you can go and sample the artists that I have told you about today. You can find that in my highlights on at Before the Chorus Podcast on Instagram. All right, I will see you next week. Bye. This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Wilford.